This is Faith. And this is Anna. And this is Let's Just Go For One, a podcast about kind of normal women talking about kind of normal things. This is our dedication to all the good feels that come from just spending even just a half hour with your bestie. All topics include celebrities, to motherhood, to marriage, to divorce, to wellness, astrology, and the latest beauty trends. Whether you're at your desk, in your car, working out, or just enjoying some alone time. Hey, Faith. Hey, Anna. Let's just go for one. Hey guys, this is Faith from Let's Just Go For One. I'm just giving us the intro for part two of our financial episode. Um, obviously, Nick had so much good information for us that we had to divide this into two amazing episodes. So this episode contains a lot of information about retirement and investing. And trust me, it's not nearly as boring as you would think it is or as intimidating. It's pretty amazing. Also, we give him a ton of the listener questions are on this part too. Um, and lastly, he talks about reasonable spending, or I'm sorry, not reasonable, responsible, because let's face it, none of it's reasonable, um, but responsible spending and the rules that go along with it. So um, we owe Nick a huge thank you for coming on our podcast. He really helped us out. It was such an easy conversation to have with him. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of him and have him be your financial planner, you can reach him via email at nick, N-I-C-K, at harbortownfinancial.com, or you can call his office at 356 356- 3300. And guys, that's an office number, not a cell. Please don't text that. So enjoy part two of the episode. So we had a lot of questions come in from our listeners. We're super excited about this. So we're just going to kind of go right into it. Um, what are, we had a lot of questions about retirement. Um, what are the best options for investing for retirement? It's going to be different for everyone. You really have to, every situation is individualized. So your age, the risk level we're willing to take, do you need tax breaks now or later? What are your beliefs on where taxes are going to be now or later? What do you mean? Can I just ask what you mean by tax breaks? Do you need a tax deduction now? So what would qualify? I don't understand. So your income right now, if you have a 401k, 403b, uh-huh. 457, anything like that, uh-huh. that's going to lower your income now. You put $2,000 in your 401k, it, takes your, it lowers your taxable income by $2,000. Oh, so, so that's you get an immediate tax break. Oh, so depending on your tax bracket, so if you were making you know $50,000, you put in $5,000, your taxable income, your W-2 says at the end of the year, you're taxed on 45000 Okay. So you've got an immediate tax break. Depending on, on that tax bracket, maybe you're saving roughly, you know, a marginal rate of 15%. Mm-hmm. So you saved a little bit of extra money. It helped you lower your income. If you don't need it, let's pretend you're making $40,000, you're in the 12% tax bracket. Something like a Roth IRA makes more sense. Your mm-hmm. sister talked about that. Mm-hmm. A Roth IRA works the ex- exact opposite of a 401k. 
It's after-tax money, your money in your savings, your checking account, but it grows tax-free. So if you're in a low bracket now, you don't need the tax breaks, build towards tax-free. If you're 25, you're 35, you're 45, and you still have a good amount of time to retirement, let that money grow tax-free and be aggressive with it. Try and make the most money that's going to end up being tax-free. It's tax-free at 59 and a half. You can pull your contributions if there's an emergency at any time. So you put in $10,000 over the next five years and it's worth 15. You can pull 10 out, no questions asked, because you already paid tax on it. So it's still an arm's length away, but it's earmarked for retirement. Your 401k, while you're working, short of COVID rules and, and the CARES Act rules, you can't just go take that. Mm-hmm. They don't let you go take it. You put that money and it's stuck there till you leave that company or you're 55 and retired. You have a long way to go there. So a Roth is a good aspect. Sometimes it's both mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, otherwise, there's, you know, just building your savings, your cha- you know, your emergency funds, and there's after-tax investments. You don't mm-hmm. get the big tax breaks, but it's liquid. It's an arm's length away. feels mm-hmm. far enough away that's not the bank account you can go, you know, swipe your card with, but you can still invest there. So, it's tough. Like I said, every situation is different on what mm-hmm. makes the most sense, but there's a lot of different options out there. And in a perfect world, by the time you get to retirement, you have all of those. Right. Because I'm sure we'll talk politics at some point in time, as much as I hate politics. Mm. There, It depends on who's in office and who's controlling sure. it. And that can change every four years, which mm-hmm. is scary. Right. Trump's tax law changes that benefited a lot of the pe- people could be gone January 1st. Right. Like, And it could not hurt the average person, it could hurt other people on, on the tax law changes. So it right. can change, good or bad, whatever side you fall, every four years. Um, so talking about you had mentioned an emergency fund, and I think one of the questions we had was, was is still like three months of um is it your salary or is it your spending? You're, you're spending your needs. Okay. So total is up. Still, is that a still a good rule of thumb there? It's it, honestly, it's three to nine months. Okay. So you, I, I think now through this. Mm-hmm. Three, yeah, I was going to ask mm-hmm. if three that months, changed post COVID. Yeah, I'm, but <laughs> yeah, it 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 grows as as your needs grow, depending on your job. Let's uh-huh. say we're pretty confident we're not losing a job as a, a police officer, as a federal employee. Right. You're you're getting paid through there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you only need three months because you have that, or you have you know a good you know, amount of sick days that'll pay you out for six months if something mm-hmm. happened, right. you know, but the average person doesn't have that. I don't have a sick day. No, like I have, a, I have you a know, my vacation days, then I'm just not there. Like that's I've been just, stockpiling so, money since the second I came back to work. So I'm I, terrified. I just think it, it grows and that changes yeah. over time. My numbers consistently change in my head as, right. as I've gotten older, as we've had right. more kids, like it yeah. just, it does. So minimally, I think it's three months and you right. need to start it, but it can be multiple ways. It could be your instant checking account where you're like, okay, it never falls with, but under 3000 or 10,000, mm-hmm. but you should have an emergency fund that I, I like to say you have to take a day off or half a day to go get it. Like, let's say you go, <laughs> that's really smart. But, but think about it. Yeah. You go, you go to the credit union. Yeah. Right. You get a card. Mm-hmm. I cut it up. Yeah. So I can't go through the drive through there. I have to go into the physical credit union to take my money out if I need it, but have one percent of your pay go in there have ten dollars of pay go and have 20 of pay go yeah. have if you're, you're you're married have both of you do it and it won't be much at the end of the year it's five hundred dollars out of your pocket or five hundred twenty dollars if you both did it, it's a thousand forty dollars but think about it for five years you have five thousand you never touched yeah and it's there if god forbid it's really there start with that mm-hmm. keep it and then start piling it on top of your current savings i think that's the way to do it it's too easy to dip into it when right 
you know, the furnace goes, when something else goes, sure. have that immediate checking that you're mm-hmm. not letting fall below five, 10 grand, but have, have something that you pretend is never there. Like, right. And that's yeah. one day you're going to open it and you're going to go, geez, okay, now I have too much. What should I do? Is this too much money for my checking account? But it, it takes time and every year right. increase it or have a percentage. So as your salary goes up, more goes in there. Yeah. That's so smart. I would have never thought to do that. I, I, there's a lot of ways, though. A lot of what I've used to study was just character, you know, traits and, right. and what you need to do. And a lot of it is almost tricking yourself. Mm-hmm. And it really is just I'm totally living less right from the start. Yourself. And that's that's a good way to do it. But if you know every year I'm reviewed in June, I get a raise in July. Mm-hmm. Well, right before that comes in, go on, increase your 401k a half a percent or one percent, maybe more if you don't need it. Make sure you're putting now instead of you know, $25 in that emergency account, $50, take a chunk of that. Cause then you're still bringing home more money Yeah. and yeah. more money's going to your 401k. Cause you just got a raise, but just start doing that before you've seen it in your pocket. We all can spend it. It's, right. it's yeah. there, but start playing those mind games, put a reminder in every six months to say, increase, go on and put some of them, let you do 0.1% extra mm-hmm. in your 401k, not mm-hmm. 0.5. Right. And do that. Go from $50 a month to the Roth to 60. Right. But if every six months it comes up or every once a year it comes up and you increase, eventually you're at three, four hundred dollars. Eventually, if you're going up from, you know, three percent to five percent, eventually you're at twenty five percent. But if you're starting at 20 years old or 25 years old at 50, you're 25 percent. That's a good progression. You don't need to get to 10% tomorrow when you're just starting. That's unrealistic. But it's also not realistic to stay at 10% forever. Right. You need to go well beyond that nowadays. Right. Right. It's the perfect blend of like giving baby steps, but then being accountable to yourself of like, okay, you can start small, but you don't stay small. Like you need to increase it as you go on. And think about like pension employees. I do a lot with pension. I I used to be a consultant for Spitzer when <laughs> let's, <laughs> not pretend, for the pension committee. Briefly, uh, very briefly, um, it was it was frustrating. I used to come home and I just I would tell my wife, I'm like, it's just shaking my head. Like, thank God this is a phone call and not going to Albany because Ooh. this was before they t- added tier five and tier six. Mm-hmm. And all they wanted to talk about is how can we get people out? And you're talking about politicians that are going to have health care paid for life. Mm-hmm. They're going right. to get a pension bigger than the average person. Yeah. And I still remember the numbers to the day. The civil service pension average was around 15,000. The teachers was around 32,000 these politicians are going to walk out well beyond that. And right. they're trying to say, how can we get that bus driver with 40 years to retire? How can we get that Ugh, teacher's aid to? So and it was just infuriating to sit there and, and listen to that. But the old pension system after 10 years, they were done paying in. They paid 3% yeah. for 10 years. Right. Now you get a 3% raise plus your normal raise. So you might get a big jump at 10 years. That's a good time. You can really start adding more. Right. Tier five only lasted for two years and three months. And that was three and a half percent forever tier six is significantly worse and the more money you make the more they're taking so right. great you're at a hundred thousand dollars now they're taking seven percent right so you need to do more to save on your own because yes. your pension is not going to do as much yes i agree with that i'm i want to go back into the retirement too i had a listener send me a message asking like is there a tool where i mean i know this is kind of an impossible question but we're gonna see what we can do with it um is there something that you can estimate how much you'll need for retirement? It's tough. <laughs> I, I, I think we've seen the, it, do you remember the old, uh, the ING commercials? And 
they used to have a number. These people were carrying yes, a number around yes. on, and they're like, what's that? Like, That's my number. Right. It's tough. It's tough to estimate because I think you have to look at it better on what percent of my income do I need to replace? And that's sure. what you need to come up with because the number's different. If you have a pension and it might be $40,000 a year, you can't equate that to a lump sum. I will. Right. In my head, I will tell you, you know, that could be a $600,000 lump sum that you right. already have. So on top of there, maybe we need to get to a million. So you only need 400000 in your retirement plan and you don't need a million dollars if you have right. no pension, you're self-employed. So a lot of times we'll, we look backwards. What are you living on? What, how much of this is actually lifestyle needs and what will be there in retirement? Right. So healthcare cost, let's assume our lifestyle needs never change. What are you guys doing? You're going out to eat, we're traveling, all of that stuff. Assume the mortgage is paid off, assume right. car payments continue for the rest of our life and just assume those things. So we try and look at more what percentage of your income. It's tough for a 30 year old to say that. What are we living right. on? If you're talking a 50 year old, I can project it. I have we have software we use. I, you know, I've done this long enough. It's pretty easy to come up with those calculations and go through to see what they need. But I'll go backwards and I'll say, I need to see where the money's going, where I can see it. Right. I don't need to know. I don't care if you go to Tim Hortons or a new Starbucks every day. Like I don't care if you're doing that. Starbucks, looking at you right for yeah, I mean. my wife was so happy. Um, but. I, I go what I can see. I retirement plan contributions, right. health insurance, taxes, and then after that, the mortgage that hopefully that's the last time we have a mortgage and right. any installment debt. So I use installment debt as a term because once it's paid off, it's done. Right. Your credit card, a lot of times they'll use revolving unless we know we're not going to build it up. But you might every month spend two thousand dollars and pay it off. And I don't know. Right. So that's gonna that's gonna be there. And then that's gonna be our lifestyle need. If you ask somebody to go through a budget, I'm never going to come close. My number is going to be much higher than theirs because if you went through your budget, you cannot quantify $42 bottle of wine that we didn't mean to buy. Right. You can't quantify <laughs> when I bought, you know, I used to say newspaper. We're well beyond there nowadays. You're paying us you $10 a month for, yes, I'm old school. My husband um, still has newspaper. The Buffalo News, $10 a month Buffalo app. News. Like you're not, yes. you know, so there's all these little things that you can't quantify. You're not going to see. Right. And people do it. I always, I always say do it in pen. They're erasing, trying to make the numbers fit. What do we right. spend monthly on clothes? What do, we do? I don't right. care. My goal is to make sure that you don't change what you're doing now, that you enjoy doing, you're traveling, your yeah. expenses, you're going out to eat, and we increase that with inflation. And right. Add on healthcare if we have to pay for that. Right. And, and try and fix that. Rather than coming up the opposite way and say, okay, you're going to get $40,000 a year. Can you live on that? Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. Like, yeah. I just, it's not realistic. Yeah. And, no, it's not. The social security system is broken. The three of us, the likelihood that we're going to see it, it right. and get something no. is, is slim to none. Right now, right. it's going to be bankrupt in 2035 or 2039 right now. Right. Outside of there. And I mean, realistically, that number's got closer and closer. I remember used to reading 2024. And then as our <laughs> years get older, it's coming closer and closer. Yeah. So right now, it's only going to pay 79% of what it's going to pay. All of a sudden, we're in retirement, and we have not a ton of money outside of there. We're taking a, a big pay cut. Yeah. Right. It's going to hurt people. That happened for the yeah. Teamsters pension. All of a sudden, people got a yeah. 19% pay cut overnight. Like, we can't do that. So I think oh. you need to plan like it's a bonus when you right. have longer ties. If you're closer to it, mm -hmm. hopefully you're grandfathered in Yeah. to any of the fixes. But no politician wants to touch that. Right. Because like, they're going to be the bad guy that you know, forever increased it. Biden has some changes minimally, but he's also already spending the money there too. Right. Right. Yeah. Neat. 
<laughs> <laughs> so you you kind of covered it. Oh, the, we have some good questions on here. I'm like reading them as I go along. We have oh, some yeah. really good ones. Oh, I had one that I forgot to add in. Yes. Um, a listener wanted to know how to make other or how to make money at other people's expense. Really? <laughs> and I literally <laughs> said, I can't wait to see his face. My my solution yeah. was develop a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though, that's a that's, that's a good answer. I'm not going to recommend that. Right. Um, right. <laughs> neither am I, for the record. <laughs> the, the problem is you definitely can. If you want to go on and you want to trade, whether stocks or other companies and purchase that, then you have to look for weaknesses. And, mm -hmm. and that's something you can do. You can sit in front of 15 computer screens all day long. You can do that. Or you can literally just take advantage of something that you believe in. Think about the wildfires in California right mm -hmm. now. PG&E is a major company that went bankrupt that was over $100 a share. That's around $10 a share. Do we believe PE is going to return back to it? Go buy it at a discount. Right. You know, right. Um, you, there's things like that you can do. Uh, mm -hmm. Apple comes out and has competition. Apple a couple of years, you know, would have these big dips. Go buy Apple at a weakness uh, out, mm -hmm. outside of there. Um, so you definitely can look for that right now. You can people definitely go buy uh, defensive a lot of times. And you might want to, depending if the you know Democrats take over, you would buy defensive, maybe more infrastructure. Uh, after Katrina, people were buying a lot of uh, building supplies and contracting. Sure. So you need to think about like what's that happening outside. Sounds so, a little terrible at the same time. <laughs> it definitely is. But think about how many contractors packed up and went down to New Orleans. Yeah. Like they said, I'm everyone needs me. Everyone has to, they're gonna. I'm gonna be able to charge them. Yeah. Opportunistic. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're gonna it, say. <laughs> It is. I mean, yeah. but when it's a, when you're buying a stock on a weekend company, that's that's what you're doing. You're looking right. for that. You're looking. But for, you're also saying you can do it and you want them to grow. What right? about now? You know, you want to buy. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's true. That though. Is, I mean, you, wanna, you believe in them. Yeah. You're not putting you're not investing to see it go back. You're like, no, you're going to we're going to be good. We're going to go and, back. Up. You know, and, yeah. and a lot of times you're not going to make money. But those ones that make money can can make you a lot. If mm -hmm. we all could have you know, predicted some of these changes that were going to uh, happen. Let's this year, if we all would have known, known how they were going to manipulate Kodak. Yeah. We would have all bought a ton of Kodak at two bucks <laughs> and sold it at $24. Yeah. Two days later and had a ton of money. Yes. Like yes. I bought it at nine and didn't sell it at 24. And now it's not worth much more than nine mm. because I still like to hold long term. I'm not going to actively trade on there. Right. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. doing my job during the day, not sitting, trading my own stocks. Right. So I like right. to buy and hold. But if you would have known something that was coming, going, Kodak's not going anywhere. Let's buy it at two bucks just because I like Kodak. There, I'm from Rochester. I love Kodak. But what if you would have thought about that? Let's yeah. throw a thousand dollars in Kodak. It could have been worth twenty four thousand dollars or forty eight thousand yeah. dollars. Literally a couple of days later, and you could have said, "Let's sell this and get out," and then you could rebought it back in now at, at this price. You could yeah. have. So you need to look for those opportunities. Look for Fortune five hundred companies, companies that you were around that you think will reinvent themselves. I used to swear Huffy was going to for a long time because <laughs> I never had Huffy. That was even too expensive. <laughs> uh, it was hand me down bikes, you know, but. But Huffy tried to reinvent themselves like five times over. So I kept buying them for pennies and pennies. I'm like, man, if this ever goes back to a hundred bucks, this is a lot of money. Well, never, never did. I really think you're <laughs> but, like an idealistic investor. I really appreciate that. I, I'm going to be honest. I like that you <laughs> pick the companies you pick. But I treat, I have my retirement plans. Yes. I have those were set up yeah. and I have all of these other things and I have my stock account yeah. and I treat it like it's not there. Yeah. It's not part of my picture. And yeah. if they all lose and went to zero, fine. We're it's not affecting for my retirement plan. <laughs> there's no, there's no huffy though. It's still out there. 
it's but I just think that's what you need to do if you're really yeah. doing the stock trading. But that is how, honestly, that's the way you take advantage of it. Look at what's going on now. Think about what is suffering and continue to buy through it. We're looking at uh, Regal Cinemas closing 500 across the country. Uh, do you think they're going to re-evolve? Do you think, like, you know, what's going to happen there? I mean, um, they might. Disney, as much as Disney's struggling there, Disney's been trying to get more into the virtual space. And obviously Disney Plus, everyone has, and, and yeah. love for kids outside of there. They tried to do that because with ESPN Plus, that didn't go as well as they thought to get, mm -hmm. you know, sports, you know, app at your phone. So I think you really have to think about, like we talked earlier with businesses, what's, what can you take advantage of? You can do it on a small level, go throw, you know, $500 on a company and pretend we're not going to see it, throw $200 on heck of a company and say, if it's gone, it's gone. But I firmly believe Huffy <laughs> I was just gonna is say. going to, it's going to be that, <laughs> you know, back, <laughs> it's the same as gambling. It's just like really smart gambling. Right. <laughs> right. My one, my, my, my partner, Kevin, he's in Hamburg too. He talked about that. All of his friends through COVID's like, there's no sports. What can we do? What can we gamble on? He's like, I have some ideas. <laughs> I can help you gamble all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So talking about post COVID, what are some things we should be focusing on right now? So should we be focusing on savings or should we be focusing on paying off debt? Should we be doing both? I, I think you should be doing both. I, I, I think going back to emergency fund, that's the number one priority you have to. A, a lot of people don't take that serious enough and you have to, whether or not you're ever going to touch it, you just got to do it and, and find a way to force it. Like I said, an outside, go set it up online. There's some great companies online and banks. You can usually go change your payroll deduction almost through, you know, through HR system yeah, really yeah. quickly now. Yeah. So, you know, my, I have five different lines on, on mine, right. you know, and you can go do that and just have 1%, I have 25 bucks. So start with the emergency fund. Once you're getting beyond there, start looking at the debt. You definitely can invest, but I think you got to really start balancing what makes sense. Um, are we making more than our debt? Is your credit card 20%? Then stop investing. Right. Because right. you're not making 20% consistently. As right. much as Trump's going to want to tell you we made 20% consistently, you're not. That's not, you know, aggressive now is 7%, you know, over a, you know, average over a 10 year period. So look at that. I do not like that. I told you about my, my stories with, with that and, and, and medical bills and things like that. So I think you need to pay that off a lot of times. And if it means you're not investing as much, pay it off. It's a burden. Mm -hmm. If you have $100,000 in your 401k, but you have $100,000 in debt, you're worth the same, you know, as, yeah, really. you know, as, as, somebody, as when it ultimately comes out to <laughs> the net, you know, when we have to look at net worth of a client, right. It doesn't matter if this guy has a million dollars, but he's got three homes that are, he's so far in debt, or right. this person has half yeah. of that amount and, and less that you, you look at the numbers on where it comes out to. So it depends on you as a person, but I don't think you can really concentrate on that investing unless you're in a, good debt situation. There's good debt. I hate to say, you know, they always said a mortgage was good debt and things like that, but there's also right. bad debt. There's right. cars you flipped over three times over. So now you're paying for that Honda Civic still when you have a brand new truck because right. you just kept having negative equity that you were turning over there. So I think you need to get out of some of those situations. So yeah, right now, yeah, it's definitely focused on to get your savings first, then concentrate on your debt. And yeah, we can talk investing, but even if you were, it might be saying, let's just do 10 bucks a week to get into something. So I have something going, I know it's there and when it gets better, I can add more, but you can't, debt's going to bury you. College debt's going to bury you. Like right. it's just when you're paying it for 20 years and you're happy because you paid it off at 45. Yeah. You're well, supposed to be retiring <laughs> in 10, 15 years right. and you just paid off your college debt. Uh, like it's. 
I think it's a really interesting thing too. And maybe I could be wrong on this, but again, I'm coming from like, you know, different aspects of, we always have to talk about all the different aspects of going into something. And when it goes into financing, I feel like debt is a very interesting thing nowadays because debt used to be something that traditionally is more like, oh, you're at a younger age and you've been through something or you had a hardship or you have, you know, loans or whatever. But to be very honest, and this is something I know happens, we know a lot of people who are in their 30s and 40s and they're in debt because they're just trying to keep up with the Joneses because everyone's on social media and everyone's getting whatever they want. Everyone has like a Tahoe and a pool and a, and I'm not, if you have a Tahoe and a pool, it's all, it's all good. I'm not, not downing that at all. I, you know, but what I'm saying is we know a lot of people who make a ton of money who are still seriously in debt. And I know when COVID happened, for a lot of reasons, and again, not trying to um, desensitize anything or minimize what COVID is, I understand it's a disease, I understand it's out there, but for those of us who weren't affected personally by a loss in health or a loss of someone that had a health issue because of COVID, having the standstill really kind of brought everything into fruition of like what is important. And I know a lot of people who make a good amount of money that are in an even bigger amount of debt that stopped making money in COVID and now they're in a mess. And I think that's another, like, have you kind of seen that? Like, those are the people who are probably terrified to walk into your office, but probably need to. And like, what advice would you have for someone that may not ever want to come forward to have the courage to say that, but like really put themselves in a bad situation. And maybe it took until something like COVID to happen, which is why we want to have this after COVID for them to realize that they like, how do they start over when they're so far behind already? If that makes sense. It's the same thing as having somebody new come in. It's just, you have to be open. You have to be able to talk about it. If you can't, there's no point. If you're hiding something from me, Right. It's it's really tough for me to but there are people hide. I believe you know, that, and then there's yeah. other ones that right. you say, Do you have any credit cards? and they laugh. That's <laughs> never a good sign. <laughs> oh, that's uh, <laughs> I love that. It usually ends up being a list. Like it's yeah. it's a scary list when you usually see that. But they have to, they have to understand that. We we've all seen that. Um there used to be a story about the CEO of 84 Lumber where nobody knew at this big meeting who he was and how rich he was because he just had the flannel shirt. He was sitting in the corner just having a beer, like reading the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Like while well, all these other millionaires and billionaires were talking about all the money they had right. and everything that's out there. So some people have money. Great. Whether right. it's they've earned it, they've built that up to that. Great. They want to show it off. That's that's how they want to do it. Other sure. ones are just like you said, are trying to show that off and they realize I'm going to have to sell my house to retire. Right. Hopefully once the kids are here, I'm not spending right. or a lot of traditional financial planning standards say age 50 is really your incrementing years. And then the kids are gone. So that's where you start socking it away and you're putting 20 grand a year away. But guess what? You could have been sounds magical. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been so excited for 50. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? You could have been putting two grand a year, a hundred bucks a paycheck away Whatever, for 30 man, years. I'm just going to wait for 50. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they, you have to have an understanding of it and, yeah. and realize where you're at. And if you want to maintain this standard of living, mm-hmm. then we have to realistically look and review those numbers and say, okay, you have to work longer. You have to do this. And I've lost clients telling them you have to work longer because nobody wants to hear that. Sure. But you can't come in and say, I want to retire in a year or two. And then you start going through everything and they're going, there's no way you're living on a hundred or $200,000 yet you have a hundred, $200,000 saved to have to live on that. 
right. we're talking a couple million. <laughs> you can retire now, uh, but you're going to have to start working a year after that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You... But I've had people do that, and yeah. because and and one of them was the in Pennsylvania, and they could take a partial lump sum of their pension. So the guy just wanted that lump sum. So this other advisor convinced him they could retire just so he could get that lump sum right. and get paid oh, on geez. it. And I, there was no way. There yeah. was no way they could have went. And I ran them years later and they're like, that was the worst decision I ever made. Oh, no. uh, and I just, and they had to go back to work. Mm. I was like, are you seeing people come in post COVID as new clients with emergency situations now? I've actually, I had somebody ask the other day, how'd you do through COVID? Yeah. I picked up a lot of clients through I'm there sure. because I talked to my clients. I, I emailed a lot. I messaged a lot of call a lot. I did a mass mailing. I went yeah. back to literally Old mailing. School. I did as much as I can. I, I used a local company hammer that I love and they helped me pump these out because I needed to get information out to everyone. I sent out to police unions, to teachers unions, updates on COVID, what's going on, because I wanted them to understand what's going on throughout there. And those, uh, and then it drove some people just to say, okay, what should I do? What can I do now? I have a pay yeah. cut. What can we look yeah. at? What can we cut back at? And you know what? It's, it's came back stronger. All of a yeah, sudden they're getting their raises. Awesome. They've got another job. So my one friend lost a job and then got another job with, and, and I was like, well, how do you do salary wise? Like 20% raise. That's and amazing. A, so there's good stories through it. Yeah. And then they're starting to go, okay, I really need to start putting away. We need to, you know, right. we need to go start looking at more. We need to put money away for the kids. So right. there's been a lot of good stories. It Early yeah. on, it was tough. I felt like I wasn't doing enough and I was stressing myself. I was you know, my one partner I talk to yeah. all the time at 5 a.m. He'll call or he'll text and we're talking and he's literally talking about what he's doing. I'm like, you're making me feel bad. Like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. <laughs> so I just sit right. there and I go through my client list and try and right. figure out other ways. How can I get more information to more people at a quick time? So it definitely had more people start to examine, you know, their financial sure. situation. Yeah. Right. Had to. It had people to. making $100,000 that were out of a job. Yes. They were promised they're safe. And then two weeks later, they weren't. Yes. Yeah. And what's a thousand dollars or, you know, in, in unemployment going to do when you're, you're making that much. Yeah. Like, so. Yikes. <laughs> All right. We're going to start with our, uh, funnest listener question. <laughs> how much money can I have every two weeks just for fun? Depends how much fun you're having. So that's, that's the first question. Like, what, define fun. And uh, if it's a lot of fun during COVID, let everyone else know what you're doing. Uh, when it comes to like discretionary income and what you can do for your enjoyment and things like that, there, the traditional standards used to say it would. there was a 50, 20, 30% rule. 50% for housing, rent, food, and taxes, the main things you needed. Uh, 20% for student loans, savings, investing, and then 30% was for everything else. Um, I've never heard that. Is that no. <laughs> so that was traditionally. So if you start taking your income and you take home, you right. start going, okay, this is what I could do. But think about at the end of the year, how yeah. much you spent on travel, how much you spent going out right. to eat excessively, not just your food at, at the house or having, you know, just, just one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah outside of so <laughs> these, these things add up, but You're those need to reverse some of those. <laughs> percentages. I, I still think 30% is high. Like yeah. I really do. When you start, yeah, you start thinking about is. depending yeah. on your income, it could be a sure. lot. Right. But that's usually what you would say. But mm-hmm. that, that entails a lot. If you're traveling a bunch and you're spending right. $10,000 a year on travel, well, now you start cutting down that only 10 or 20% is, is the rest of that time. So it's it's tough to say because it's based on your income, how much you can live on. And you hate to say that, sure. but that's usually right. the, the standards there. It also depends on if you are just renting and you're not paying for a house. So you mm-hmm. don't, you have some of these other, inc- it might be easier for, you know, somebody in their 20 and 30s not to yeah. have to 
you know, save as much. They could do 50% right. discretionary. And, you know, I would say as a, a parent with two children, right. do it, enjoy it when you can. Right. It's, I it's also want to change. be, I want to yeah. be a renter. I'm just not going to even lie about that. <laughs> Renting sounds so enticing all the time for me, but yeah. <laughs> but there's other things. People get too caught up in their cars, sure. you know, in, yeah. in their car, you know, it shouldn't be more than 10% of your right. income, but you take 15% with even servicing and things like that. If it's fit over 15% of your income, that's a high number, but right. I'll, a, a police unit to be unnamed will tell me all the time that, um, a lot of the young guys off of these really nice trucks. Oh yeah. Everyone wants the sure. nicest yeah. truck and it's out there, but they're not putting a dime away in their retirement plan. Right. And it's right, not right. Hamburg. So I love Hamburg. Tiny <laughs> Hamburg, uh, 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 by all means. But that's literally you're spending too much on this truck that you can't afford. You right. know, I've had I had used ones for years, you know, until a couple of years ago was the first time I bought a new car. Right. Outside of there. You live within your means. So right. you gotta be smart with it outside of there. And I think okay everyone too. has their vice too. Yeah. Some people it's cars, some people it's traveling, some people it's, you know, going out to eat, some people it's I like to say I don't have any all vices. The above. I don't oh, like well. I don't gamble, I don't do that. Like I, yeah. I enjoy cars right. but i care significantly less since i have kids yeah like it's For you, sure, you start because they destroy them well yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we, you take the truck everywhere it's just yeah. abused it gets washed once a year yeah. and yeah. that's that's the extent of it when it yeah. rains that's like that's a car wash yes. but right. it's just you you same thing through covid you put your yeah. priorities in there and those are going to change those percentages will change so right realistically depending on the age i'd say if you're spending more than 30 percent, you're probably spending excessively and i do look when i do planning and you actually do detailed planning to figure out those lifestyle needs i talked about earlier uh-huh. lifestyle needs should usually fall into 40 to 60 percent right and that's just what you're living on on a normal daily basis not counting your mortgage that's you know those credit cards or your car payments but that's also just spending and everything else that you're doing you know your tuition if you have private school everything else falls in there if it's 60%, you're high. If it's 40%, you're low. So I can usually see people are good savers or spenders mm-hmm. just from what I can see on a bigger, you know, overall. You know, <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> instantly, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm where do you think I fall? Yeah. Nervous laughter. <laughs> but I've seen, I, I sat with somebody yeah. and it was like high 60s, which I never saw right. before. And I'm going, I cannot figure out where your money goes. And right. their answer was, we like to eat out a lot. Right. Not, I was like, I don't know where you're eating, but I want to come to dinner with you guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Can you <That's>, treat? <laughs> right. Seriously. Um. So I know you said you didn't, you hate talking about politics, but where do you see, depending which way the election goes, how the financial um, outlook it is going to go? It's tough. I, I feel like it could be rough either way. Realistic, I think we've never been so divided in this country, which is yeah, beyond. It's pretty what do you mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> I just I, I despise politics. I always have. I, I and I'll openly talk about that. I've met plenty of politicians that you know I like and whatever. But and I I believe that hopefully we'll do something to change. And I've had friends that say you should be in politics, but I joke I'd be like Carl Paladino because I would probably be swearing when getting mad at people. I would not be racist by any I'm means. I'm like, uh, so you're not going on that. I saw that look on your else. face. I would just, I would be telling everyone, I would never get anyone to vote with me because I would be so pissed off. Like yeah. I'm not voting because for this. you're a real person. Yeah. And yeah, right. So it, it really depends. Uh, Trump, his tax laws did a lot of good things. They also did a lot good, good, a lot of good things for corporations. There's a lot of things he's talked about that could be very positive or things that he's done that are very positive that we don't hear about because we have such a divide right now. Biden also has some things that everyone thinks it's going to 
horribly affect the country and it's not going to. It might affect the higher income earners outside of there and they're going to shift the money outside of there. So there's pluses and minuses of both. I mean, realistically, a lot of things, uh, the economy usually with a Democrat will restrict a little. The growth is going to restrict in the right. economy. That's just traditional. It, Clinton, Obama, Bush, and other Bush, you could literally, it's cyclical. Bush second time. Sorry, I said Bush twice. <laughs> um, but Second Bush. <laughs> I like second Bush. It's literally cyclical. You can say what they're going to do. Obama repeated the same mistakes that, right. that, uh, that Clinton did early on outside of there. So they're going to follow. You overall can look in the economy. Biden's going to tax higher income earners. He's really going to hammer those ones over 400,000, over a million. You're going to start paying a lot more taxes. You're going to pay more Social Security. A lot of this money is then going to be shifted towards uh, lower income, potentially uh, loan for student loan forgiveness, college aid help, which sucks for the rest of us that have paid it off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. just give me some money. Well, I feel like I the middle but, class uh, always loses out anyways. Uh, right. We're the ones that are always like doing. I feel like we're like the good kid in class. Like we're doing everything right and we didn't do anything wrong and we're working really hard, but we never get like the credit of being the best in class. And we definitely don't get the attention of being the worst in class. Or right. we end up sitting next to the worst kid in class because yeah. the teacher knows we're going to behave. Yeah. We're the silent majority. Yeah, it's I mean, it's true. It's it's it, the awful part about it. I mean, so there's a lot of things yeah. that will come up that may or may not affect you. Capital gains rates might change for the highest income earners, but we're talking over a million dollars for income rather than the four hundred thousand. Right. So <laughs> when you multiply your income again, yeah, I'm like, so, I mean, this all sounds uh, great to me. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> corporate taxes will increase, but they'll still be lower than than pre Trump. So they're they're going to find ways to to do it. So sure. it really depends. My biggest frustration with Biden's tax plan, and we'll see what actually goes through. Does he really want to make changes instantly if he comes in outside of there? Is Trump going to make some of these other changes he's talked about since 2019, mm -hmm. but COVID came up? It really depends who's going to make this. And can we get it passed based on what's happened in the House and the Senate, which sure. they're not agreeing. No. American economy, uh, Everyone's the public split. is not. It's just, yeah. it's, it's tough to see, but one of Biden's changes wants to give you a flat tax deduction for the 401k or IRA, whatever you're doing. So let's pretend no matter what income bracket you're in, you get an 18% tax deduction. So you put $1,000 away, 18% of that is how much is deducted. So if you're in the 10% tax break or 12%, great, you got a bigger tax break. You're in 22, which a lot of the middle class falls in now, sure. especially like, you know married couples and they're even singly and doing yeah. well, you're getting an 18% tax break. So you just lost right. 4%. You creep into 24 now you're losing more of a tax break out of there. So the flat tax break is going to hurt people, especially those ones that are saying, I'm 20,000 in this bracket. I can put 20,000 in my retirement plan and get me below here and knock off 24%. Right. You're only getting 18. It's not giving you as much incentive to save that money. It's also incentivizing you not to make as much money because you're getting a bigger tax break to do it. So there's, I, I, I will openly talk and say that I, I hate politics, but right. I have to pay attention. I watch what they're doing. There's pluses and minuses. Trump has done things to help prevent eviction throughout this, uh, create opportunity zones that we haven't talked about, you know, try and, you know, limit discrimination. Biden has a lot of those things. Rental assistant. He wants to have a first time home buyer credit of 15,000, which is nice rather than us trying to get the match at those companies right. that don't sure. do it anymore. Yeah. So there are some good things there. Limit price gouging because some of these companies will say you're bad credit. So we're going to make closing costs more. Gotcha. There's positives on both sides. And and at the end of this, you'll never have any clue which way I fall in politics, except I don't like either of them. Yeah. So I will tell you the pluses and <laughs> <Yeah>. minuses <laughs> of both. I will tell you my beliefs on what's better for the economy moving yeah. forward. But I also thought that before 
you know, Trump was elected and Hillary. And I didn't want to hear either of them talk. Yeah. Like that was my Yeah, we're my in goal. the same place four um, years later. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> just a side note, just... single and doing well is going to be my new description on my dating apps. Oh, I like it. <laughs> that was awesome. And that you know was, and, that and was awesome. That was awesome. The current tax laws now don't give as much of a benefit of being married as they used to. You're practically identical. Woo! So, <laughs> but remember they used to say like, oh, what if I get married? I've had people that have been together for 20 years. Does mm-hmm. it give me a better tax? It, not anymore. Yeah. When, yeah. when we got married, my accountant's like, oh, it's really going to help you. I, I go prove it. Yeah. Do mine singly, do hers singly, and do ours married. Show me this. Because yeah. everyone's said it for years. It and I have a tax help. background. It does not help. Not anymore. No. Your no. standard deduction is 24-8. It's yeah. half of that if yeah. you're single. You can't itemize. They, re- they yeah. got rid of that. Now I don't have to share my tax return with anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a different thing with the stimulus, though, too. Like, that also paid certain people based on who filed the taxes. Yeah, uh, right. So there's yeah. a lot of confusion there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So... There was what, oh, uh, we talked about student loans. So I wanted to ask, one of the questions we had was, what is the best approach for student loans, especially post-COVID? It's. Uh, I know that we're not in post-COVID right now, <laughs> but. <laughs> it Usually you're going to go public. Obama changed student loans a lot. So he pretty much, I always joked, signed off on every student loan and said, here's what it is based on if it's a subsidized loan or unsubsidized loan. So you got to do your research with public before or with the. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the, the public loans before you go to private loans. Once you get into private, you're doing this, the parent plus, and you're doing these other things that the parents are taking on responsibilities, those co-signers. So you need to explore, talk with financial aid offices, things like that, that you're working with and try and exploit those as much as you can. Cause they're pretty cut and dry. Now, the difference is you used to have Nelnet and Sally Mae and all these other companies you can go right. through. They've all pretty much been consolidated through fed loans, which has helped and has a better control. So they're trying to bring them in there make it easier for the forgiveness in certain areas too, where you have the student loan forgiveness program. So you really just have to understand the type of loan you're taking, the term you're taking, the likelihood you can pay it. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're walking out of school with a job that might only pay you 40,000 right. versus 70,000. Yeah. Because you're going to see, uh, and I remember just from a friend, she was a teacher. She's like, it's a thousand dollars now. Cause I have mm-hmm. to have, a, you know, I have to have my master's degree. Yeah. I can't afford a thousand dollars. Like, yeah. It, it, so I think you really just need to be careful. You have to look at the options outside of there. If you already have the student loans, it's a different story. Um, we could talk about that if you wanted to. No. Good. <laughs> I, have a, I have a partner that specializes in that. Yeah. that you just made, I'm going to say I'm, no. <laughs> Realistically, I have a partner that specializes in that. If you have student loans, if you think you're going to get student loan forgiveness, a lot mm-hmm. of people are doing it wrong, the income-based repayments and things like that. And there's multiple ones that don't concurrently run. They have to go one at a time. So you're not running the five-year forgiveness and the 10-year right. at the same time. Usually it's the, you got to do the 10 first and the five second and people do it wrong. So uh, um, I do have a partner that specializes in that, that a lot of people talk to. So if we have that, you can easily have a talk with, with him and help you. And those income-based ones, just to say something, while we are trying to get forgiveness, mm-hmm. putting money in your retirement plan actually lowers your income that they see. So wow. you can kind of hide money in your retirement plan. Huh. And this is why I'm I'm gonna be going to your office. Yeah, soon. this is this is what. And it helps happen. your student loan because you're just yeah. trying to get to that ten years. You're trying to get to depending on what you're doing. Are we getting seventeen grand? Are we getting five grand? We're right. nursing, teaching, special ed. I mean, there's different things. So it'll go through and walk through the books and make sure you're doing it right mm-hmm. and put you on the right one. If you're not, unfortunately, sometimes it starts the ten years over. You can get three years of doing it wrong counted. So now you only have seven years going forward. But the longer you wait, you're gonna get ten years and being for shock if you didn't right. do it right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so this, we're kind of pivoting here into life insurance. If you are a single person, but you own a home, should you get life insurance? The simple answer is no. Okay. Um, it really depends. What do you want to cover? What do you need to cover outside of there? So yeah. a single person without a home with nothing to cover. No. Why? Right. You're, you're just yeah. doing it outside of there. No offense um, guys, but don't waste your money. If, if <laughs> no one cares, if you do there's, there's other ways, to, there's, there's other places to put that money. Yeah, there's, right. There definitely exactly. is your need for life insurance changes depending on, on what you have. Do mm-hmm. I, right. okay. Do I need to pay this loan off? If something happens, you know, if I died, does my house need to be paid off? Well, why is somebody going to live there? What are you going to do with that? Yeah, cash? Are the kids going to get it? it? Like if, if you have it outside of there, they're going to sell it. Or guess what? If you didn't have it, somebody's going to sell it for you. Hopefully you have some equity and they still got 10 grand out of the deal or mm-hmm. whatever your equity was inside there. So the sure. need for life insurance isn't necessary a, a lot of times in, in those situations. Do you have something to work a lot of times, depending if you're a private company or a public company, you might have one times your salary. So it might already cover your burial. Um, right. You might have some group benefits that are really cheap while you're there, you can do just so you have something, but it's costing you two bucks because you're in your twenties or thirties. Yeah. Go, okay. Go do that, you know, out of your paycheck. Right. But the only b- real benefit is if you wanted to leave something behind, you want to make sure that debt wasn't falling on someone. So that goes back to the student loan or something else. You co-signed with your parents. Yeah. Have some life insurance. So if you pass away, it's not Got going it. to your parents and they're calling. If it's under your name solely. Yeah. Good luck. They, they'll put it in the paper saying that, you know, you passed away and the court, pers- <laughs> anybody, what do they do anybody, though? They advertise it. Yeah. That's literally yeah. a, a, a notice to debtors to say who has a claim on your estate and they can try and call your parents and your parents can say, or your sister's siblings or, you know, a kid yeah. and say, you, you pay this money. You don't right. have to, they're going to try those. That's why collection companies make money. Wow. Yeah. That is terrible. I have a question too. I actually, someone just asked me this. I'm like, I think you can, but I'm not totally sure. Let's say you have life insurance. Okay. And let's say your kids get to an age where they're financially completely adult children, independent. They're on their own. They're totally when, good. when does that happen? Right. When my wife keeps telling him 18, she's yeah. training him early. Oh, yeah. she's like, no. no, legit. <laughs> let's my hope so. My daughter told me she wants to be a librarian. So I'm planning for 40, but anyway, <laughs> um, so let's say like you, you, let's just say You've gotten your life insurance. It's accumulated to a large amount. Okay. And your, your house is paid off. You don't have debt. You don't have student loan debt. Your, your kids are financially independent. They're not having their own families, et cetera, et cetera. And you still have this life insurance. Can you cash it in? Yes. So there's multiple types of life insurance. The the easiest way would be say either term insurance or permanent. Let's just say that you can you can separate those into a million different ways, especially right. the permanent options outside of there. The old traditional ones were whole life. That's what everyone still uses that term. They right. build cash value. Right. Yes, you can cash those in if you don't need it. Um, right. Your profession specifically, as your need decreases, right. you probably don't need it. Right. Your husband, different story. Exactly. Having a pension, his income is going to continue beyond retirement. He's going to stop right. working and then he's going to have a pension for the rest of his life. So his need for a permanent policy is much higher than yours. Your income, when it's gone, it's gone. Right. You could get away with a term insurance for significantly cheaper and just say, well, I have some life insurance that covers me for a set period of time. Right. And it's a third of the cost. It's a fifth of the cost. And it's just straight life insurance. Unless you're adopted. Well, no. <laughs> or I've, got, I've gotten those fees down. But... <laughs> <laughs> Huh, that's but, but again, you can cash like, out and, okay. and there could be tax consequences. Most likely there's not. Let's right. just say just an easy calculation. However much you paid into the policy right. versus what it's worth. 
You right. pay 20000 in, there's 15000 in cash. You can take it out, no taxes. Above 20000 you would owe tax. Right. Huh. So most times you're not going to see it. In a perfect world, if you had a, a policy with cash bail, at the end of the day, you put in 100000 30 years later, you have 100000 in cash. Right. You won. Because in the meantime, maybe it paid out 500000 to your right. beneficiary, right. so right. you would have right. won an awful gamble to win or a bet sure. to win. But it paid... You know, for the meantime, you still got your hundred thousand back. Is it bad that I have my life insurance as a backup, like retirement? <laughs> no, I when I had a whole life. Look, he didn't was, even answer. He's just yeah, laughing. That this was is, what I is, did. This is why I need Smirking, to come in. Yeah. I have a retirement and I have a life insurance, and I'm 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 like ninety percent positive there's more going into my life insurance. So I'm like, so when I turn that age that I want to retire, can I just cash it all in? Because they used to be sold as investments, and they're right. not. Yeah. They were sold. They yes. said, oh, look at this cash. This is going to be a retirement plan. Yes. Something. But, but you guess can what? Pay a, your kid's college. Yes. There is a cost of life insurance. Yes. So if you had all that money going in every year, right. you still had X amount going to pay the insurance cost. If you put that same amount of money towards an investment, you could potentially have more depending on the insurance. Yeah. There's a time and a place for it, but they were sold as investments. Yeah. It's a supplement, yeah. if anything. That's like exactly what like, happened. But it's not. I'm sorry. Like yeah. I no. Don't apologize. This is why I'm going to come to your office and we're going to rework. Fifteen years everything. ago, this was different. Everyone was and like, that was fifteen about, years you know, ago when I started it. That was you know, and I selling. thought I was like ahead of the game because I was like 21 and opening a Roth IRA and you life were? insurance. So I felt, but then like it has remained stagnant since then. 2002 my, is when the Roth right. changed. Yeah, and that was like early on. That's People when I still got didn't it. understand it. Yeah. Early on. And and now it's like my life has totally changed, but those seem to like remain the same. So anyways, I'll be in your office next week. A lot of we'll times be- <laughs> we just look at though, you, the biggest thing is if you can fix your life insurance, hopefully it's the last time you ever have to do it. You should yeah. not be changing your life insurance five times over. Sure. Like that's, you should have it flexible enough and a plan in place where this is the last time we do it because nobody wants to talk about it. Right, right. But during COVID, yeah, I sold more life insurance than I've sold in 16 years. Really? Everybody's scared they're going to die of COVID. They are. Everyone started questioning their mortality. People were calling about <laughs> really? it. You could literally just be like, you know what? We talked about life insurance and like we really should get this going. Like they put it in like, yeah, we have to. Like, wow. it, was, it was a real dark place, man. Yeah. yeah I, 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 no question it was. But it, <laughs> it, it literally became such a normal conversation. That's what I did practically. Yeah. Besides talking to clients and just making sure we understood what was going on with the investments. Right. Like a lot of it was just looking at life insurance, right? These little term policies for 200 bucks a year, 500 bucks a right, year, like just right. easy ways just to say, okay, we can figure the long-term plan out later, but let's just make sure your family's taken care of now. Cause right. early on we all freaked out. Yeah. We right. Right. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And you're sitting at home going, God forbid this gets me. What's right. going to happen to my family? So people called all the time. Huh. Like September is supposed to be life insurance awareness month. They should have just changed it to whatever COVID <laughs> March. Was. March. March. Life insurance awareness March year. March 15th yeah. is life insurance March day. March 15th through December yeah. 31st, 2020. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's, I mean, it's a good time to look at it, but yeah. and it's, it's changed. And, and a lot of these policies became cheaper because for years they were going off 1986 census tables and it took them forever to update to 2002 <laughs> and then forever for the next one and god knows Apparently, when they're gonna update to this one now on and i don't even believe these yeah <laughs> uh, so people were living to 80 now they're yeah. living to 90 they're living to 100 right so your premiums are stretched over a longer period of time right it's cheaper right so it it can go down you might be able to get a better policy or something but it's it's unique my parents i bought policies for them when they were working because i could not see they couldn't afford it. I could not see either of them working if the other one wasn't there. 
Right. But right. They needed seven years to get them into their my father had worked in the 70 rather than, you know, in the 60s. I was like, I need a seven year policy, which doesn't exist. So I bought a 10 year one and just stopped paying at seven once we got past the house and everything paid off outside of there. So sometimes you just gotta tailor make it, but Right. Um Okay, what were you gonna say? No, go ahead. Nope, you're good. Okay. <laughs> I was just gonna say moving on to the next question. Yeah. Um so there's two here that kind of go hand in hand. So actually there's three. Um, what's the best vehicle for savings, a savings account or a 401k or, um, and I think you touched on this and I think it was actually, wasn't it a 403b? Well, a 403b is if you're a public school, not for profit, the 401k is a private company. 457 is if you're like a government municipal employee. So they're all the same thing. What's the Roth IRA? The Roth IRA is after tax. So that's a different oh, task with there. So right. okay. it's usually a combination of it though. Okay. It really depends. Like maybe you're putting a little bit in the 401k. If you get a match, it's free money. So yeah. take advantage of that. Yeah. And uh, then question right after it is what's the split between 401k distribution and savings? So I, I really think you need to do the, you know, once you build the savings and that and have the comfortable there and that's growing each month, take advantage of the 401k if it's free money. If it's mm-hmm. not, then start looking into it like going back to, do we need the tax break or not? You know, so that would be it. But in a perfect world, You'll have both of them or you'll have multiple vehicles. What's the best vehicle when you're a hairdresser? <laughs> no, wait and for you your own appointment. But you can do we're multiple going to like three hours for this podcast. Self-employed people have a lot of unique things they can take advantage of. They this is really huge do. for There's... business owners, self-employed oh trades. Like that's a huge majority of people. Yeah. Like people talk 401s and for their, and I'm like, what about everybody else who has nobody adding to the retirement? Somebody would come in, a payroll company would come in and say, do a 401k and you're right. going to end up paying a bunch of money to set it up. You're going to pay a bunch of money right. every year for auditing. You do not need that. There's other vehicles and you can put a lot more away with zero government auditing like easy filing. Right. So you could put a lot more away than average person can in a 401k being self-employed. Right. And on top of that, you could do the Roth. So you might be able, God, you know, who knows how much you're making. Like you right. could end up putting 30, 40,000 away sometimes. Right. You could put more than that. If you were making a couple hundred thousand, you could put 57 grand away and your, your right. Roth where the average person in a 401k can put away 19.5. Right. So self-employment, it's creative. And, yes. and a lot of my income, most of my income is self-employment income. Yeah. As my consulting exactly. is right. there. So I have my specialized, you know. But nobody uh, talks about that. Like oh, nobody, I had, I had no, no idea. Nobody talks oh. to people who don't have any sort of supplement for right. retirement. Nobody talks to us about it. You have so many loopholes. And, and that that's the thing that I'm pretty sure happens. And I'm like, oh, thank yeah. you. Just found your next mass mailing, Nick. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now. We I- did a 401k <laughs> mail right before. It literally oh, went out no. right before. It did, Oh my goodness, that was such a waste. But like I said, like, you know, if you work for a company that has a 401k or for, you know, Dan has his own consultants in his job that talk to him about this. I have no one. And I, I have no one to, that comes to my work and talks to me about retirement. And mind you, I have 20 year old girls at our salon who are making 70,000 a year. Like what the fuck? That's what I mean. And nobody should have been a hairdresser. And nobody comes to trades like and tells them how to how to what to do with their money and yeah. it's so unfortunate and i mean that's hairdressing plumbing we know people who are plumbers who bought their houses in cash like there are people in trades and and nobody people it's so funny because people who are in the money world 
do not qualify certain jobs as people who make money. And it's so backwards. And I feel like waitresses, there are 20 year old waitresses out there making more than a teacher's salary, but nobody's going to them and saying, here's your retirement options. Here's this. Hey, you're making a lot at 20, but maybe you don't want to be a waitress or a bartender for 20 more years. Here's how to take that money that a huge amount of cash inflow that you're getting. And here's what you should be doing with it. So that if maybe down the road, you end up getting more of a nine to five job, this is how it translates. Like nobody actually, that's a really untapped market in, in a big way for people who are bringing in a lot of cash flow. It's tough when you talk about certain things like restaurants and things, because you have to run through a manager and owner, something else like that. Right. And a lot of those times, Everyone's all excited, and then it's just going to be a payroll deducted IRA. Just an easy way for you to save. The employer's not doing anything, and then they just back out of it because they think it's going to be a lot of work. But half the right. time, it's going, we'll meet with them, we'll set it up, we'll call your payroll company, tell how much money to take out. It's easy, but it's an easy way to do it. Those are tough because you have gatekeepers or somebody that doesn't care. They're putting money away, they're doing something else sure. on their own. They might be taken care of, and you can discriminate in a lot of these ones when you have part time employees you know, young kids, things like that that don't qualify for them. Your profession is tougher. You're independent. Yes, nobody's walking in outside of there, but I talked to get my partner, Kevin, who, you know, we have the same barbershop we go to, but they're all independent on their own. And he's like, yeah, if it wasn't for like us talking, like we wouldn't. And everyone who's ever cut my hair starts asking me questions. He says the same exact thing they've ever, you've just said. Yep. That nobody comes in here. What should I do? Where should I get going? Nobody plans it for you. But how how can you do that? I'm not sure. walking into every single you know salon or Absolutely. every single barbershop to say like, "Have you done something?" I mean, that's a heck of an idea. So yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. nobody take Why no other financial you? advisors. <laughs> Good thing there's only there's only two other guys that listen. They're not financial, Women can be advisors. financial they advisors. Face. Thank you, Nick. As soon as it came out of her mouth, <laughs> Jesus. If any financial advisors Fired. are here Fired. listening. I also want to buy your practice. So call me out because I'm willing to buy you out. (laughs) But really, (laughs) it's an untapped market. So that's why I wanted to talk about, too, because I think it's interesting that, like, nobody really approaches that market. It's it's word of mouth. I mean, it it has to be has to build somewhere. But that's I mean, that's a great idea. It really is. Yeah. Um, I've got, nope, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't care. We're going to do rapid fire questioning to wrap up the question section. Okay. So it's now the best or worst time to one buy a house. It's tough if we're talking locally. It's a great time to buy a house. If you're just coming in with cash and if you're just sitting there waiting to do it because interest rates are so significantly low, it's a good time. Our, our market, Hamburg's market, even predominantly Buffalo doesn't change like the national average does. So Mm housing numbers are high and they're going above ass. They're getting 13 offers in a day. Yeah. Have you seen how people are listing? Yeah. They're saying, come see it this weekend. I'm, you know, take <laughs> Wednesday. I'll decide. Yeah. Like it's, so it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a great time. Even if you make the handshake agreement, people are coming in yeah. and seeing it. So, so I, that kind of covers the sell a house one. Yeah. It's a great time to sell, but then yeah. if you need to go into something else, you're, 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 spending you're buying the same extra, price and then you have yeah. to put the extra money in there. I do think it's a good time. It's a great time to refinance. It's um, you got to think about like the loans now and there's different types of loans. Wonderful time to refinance. Interest rates aren't going up. At first we thought they were going to, they're very low. Do it. Chop off three years, five years, seven years. Maybe you had a little bit of payment inside of there, but the rates are low. You're not going to see them like this. New housing loans. If you have the 20% down, you could possibly get under 3%. 
you could, you know, if you're doing 10 years, you can get two. This has been an incredibly eye-opening conversation. Poor Nick has already gotten his fill because every time we stop recording, oh my god, I ask she him. She carries on for like twenty-five, eighteen minutes. personal <laughs> questions. I'm like, dude, I know we're Anna, not getting any younger. Anna's here, not feeling good. I'm no. like, I can have another dirty. I'm good. Let's go to Alchemy. And she's yeah. like, I need to go to bed. You yeah. assholes need to leave. Three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so quickly to kind of start wrapping things up. Um, like what are the best like tools or apps that you think are out there as far as like money apps, whether it's your daily spending, whether it's saving, whether it's investments, like what are apps or tools that you recommend to clients? I don't usually recommend apps to clients. There's client, there's more apps people like and that I hear about and, and try and research there and understand them. Uh, a lot of people like mint is an app out there. Yeah. They're helping you track a lot of things and you can log a lot of them. Um, for investing, when we're talking about some of those, you know, smaller investors that are afraid to start, and and sometimes it's transactional, so it's cheaper to do it. People do like a Robinhood, right? Real cheap investing app, real real simple. There, Acorn rounds up your investments, but I don't yes. I don't love how that works. That tricks a lot of people. It tricks a lot of um, people because it does a monthly. Yeah, it does it it's monthly. Not doing it every single time, like I when you're the register. We talked um, about this. That yeah. makes me so, mad. So there's there's. There's apps out there. I mean, this might be the area for somebody to capitalize when we're talking on earlier. There are there are some good ones and unique ones, but there's not an all-encompassing <laughs> ones. I do the way I do um, financial planning. My one of my, my financial planning software. If we just met and we talked about this and said, okay, let's get gather information. I can send you an email, and you have your login, and you can start logging in all of your stuff. As much as you can, you can log in your 401k and then you could actually favorite thing to do. I'm not going to lie, but seriously, you could do a lot of the work. So you could like help me out there. Then I'm yeah. lying. <laughs> but, but you could go on and, and I'll tell you the benefit of it while you're doing this later. So if you went on, you can log your 401k and then we can go pull it up and let's just say it's with fidelity. You can go right from there, link your fidelity account to there. So it'll update automatically. The same thing we can log okay. our mortgage mm-hmm. so we can log our mortgage and all of a sudden have that update there. So you can log in. And I can see real live updates. So when people are calling during COVID saying, how is this affecting my retirement plan? I can go in live, see what your retirement plan has changed to with your mortgage. Has it changed your retirement picture? And you also have limited access, not the full access I do, to see these things. So you could go on and say like, okay, I don't even need to bother Nick. I can see that this really hasn't affected our long-term picture. We already had a schedule, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you huh. get to see it. So there's some really cool ways to do it right. where I can throw it back and forth there, and but you get to see it. So it's great. And I've sat with an attorney recently and I sent it over just so he could kind of start typing his stuff in. I've like done it for myself. So I saw in the, but it's, right. it's a really neat thing to see. So I can see live update of your investments, your debt. You can log it that way. And then when we do a review, I'm not telling you ahead of time, give me all this information. Right. You, you already, we already have it. It's a lot quicker review to right. do it. Or what if I took this new job and changed this, we can run alternative scenarios. So there's some really cool software that's changed. That's why when I talk virtually, yeah, I could do all of this and you could see the screen right when we're talking and we can huh. be building this together or I'm just fitting the missing pieces and whether you're not spending an hour and a half collecting it, spending 20 minutes just saying, here's the pieces you didn't do that I need to really get into. Right. And then you start building a plan. So th- you can't use the simple calculators through these ones. They're going to say, how much of your income can you live on? Sure. What do you need? How much money? My mother did that one day. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> 
She's like, I can live on 60%. We used to live on nothing. I was like, 30 years ago, you used to live on nothing. Like, you can't just tomorrow go back to, I was like, insulted. And she's like, it took me like five minutes. I was like, it takes me three hours just to get the data in a plan. I'm like, I typed a lot in during the Bills game mom. last night. That's like, it mom. was that yeah. brutal. I was like, I'm just going to start getting this plan in because that was a tough game to watch. Like, yeah. That's a mom move. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I stopped out real quick. I stopped home one time when, after I, when I was doing this and I still had some mail going to my parents' house and my mother had all these like long-term care insurance quotes, like on the table. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you know, I could sell this. Like, like she had multiple people coming over. Do I do? Like, seriously? <laughs> She had no idea. He's doing well. He's in finance. She didn't want to bother you. Yeah, exactly. she didn't want to bother you. That's like, what, literally you know, what it comes. Don't no waste money. your time on me, Nick. You just worry about your other, your other, yeah, clients. your other clients. Yeah, I got that's, this. That's a mom move for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been amazing on so many levels. Yeah. I can't wait to hear the listener feedback on this one. I know. Well, after they listen to the eight hours of it, we may yeah. have to divide well, this into two episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely going to be two. Yeah. Well, um, now I you're can't wait to see what I made. Two of our episodes. Yeah. Right. Look at you. Your rate just went up. Your stock just went up. Right. <laughs> you... Until the next emergency. We'll, we'll right? have the next, uh, whatever, 2021. Has well, you been, definitely uh, have one new client if you're willing to take me on. Oh, you totally that. have two. F- F- totally F- FYI, I'm a spender, but mainly because I don't know what to do with it. So right. uh, <laughs> FYI, I'm a spender. I I'm not the bad the guy. The opposite. Right. <laughs> I try and make sure you're not changing anything that you're doing. Yeah. Just be able to keep doing it. Um, do you no. have I any, feel like, like you should definitely tell me to stop doing oh, it. Yeah, I will. No, you, no, you I will. definitely need to yell at me. I need like a strong handed guidance on this. But you know what the good thing is? If you do it well, you'll get to the point where I have to start saying you need to start spending money. And I never thought I'd say that, but I, I do. I, I like literally, if, if we ever get to that point, I'm going to buy you a big $42 bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we'll even splurge and get you some pumpkin. <laughs> do you have any like last thoughts or anything? Not really. I think we covered almost everything. Yeah. I mean, you poor thing. You've been here for a long ass time. I know. This a, is- I, I I appreciate this. 10, 15 years ago, I could never talk off the cuff, but yeah, it's, no, it's, my God, you were great. I'd rather talk in front of groups and things like that now where I yeah, never could yeah. because it's, it's easier. And I'd rather make sure that more people know what I'm doing because it's eventually going to come back Yeah, and it's eventually going to help. And if I can help somebody get to that point, like, yeah. great. Like yeah. we all need to be there. Our wealth didn't come from you know, inheriting it all the time. Right. So it had to build it somewhere. It, I always say it had to start and I'm going to be that generation that will start for my family. Yeah. So, I love that. Me too. That's really nice. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you yeah, thanks for so the much. This is like, yeah. we owe you a lot more than beer. Uh, yeah. This is I like should have brought insane. way more than four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got pumpkin coming your yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely going to have to treat you or something, but this was amazing. This was super eye opening. I loved it because it was such great information, but it was in such a genuine, authentic way. And mm. you are great. So, I mean, yeah. you just added more layers to our podcast, We're honestly. Definitely going to put your contact information in the show notes so then people know how to reach you. Sure. Appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Thank Thanks you. so much. Bye, guys.
tell me who got cool sell out in the stores. You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop, who jewels got pop. Two mostly don't be down for the blue drop. The same old pimp, lace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on the blimp. Guarantee me yourself, pull it up and up. You don't believe I'm in the world, nigga, double up. We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down. Niggas didn't know me, 91, bet they know me now. I'm the young Harlem nigga with the Goldie sound. Can't no PG, niggas hold me down. Cooler, school me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like booty. True pimp, niggas, spin no dough on the booty. Yeah, nigga, me, still go your cutie.